0: Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Project. I am your host Ayush, and today we are talking about the Indian economy, uh, uh, Indian economy in general, and India's bid to become self-reliant uh, specifically. And to talk about it, uh, we have our uh, dear friend Gaurav Tiwari with us. So uh, I called uh, speci- Hello, Gaurav. So I called Gaurav specifically because uh, Gaurav has a background in foreign trade and uh, when i read this news that uh, uh, india's prime minister mr narendra modi wants india to become uh, self reliant i thought all of his education will go for a toss uh, so i mean what is the point of studying foreign trade if uh, if we, do, we intend to not do any foreign trade so i am i'm kind of dumb that way so uh, i thought might as well get some knowledge from uh, gt uh, so uh, hello welcome uh, gt uh, to the show and uh, uh, So, our our Prime Minister called it Atmanirbhar Bharat in Hindi, which roughly translates to uh, self-reliant India. So, what does self-reliant even mean? I mean, is there a country today in the world which is self-reliant?
1: Okay. Yeah, hi Ayush. Uh, And then to the point that I have a background in foreign trade, it's just educational background. And then apart from that, even I have not done anything related to foreign trade. Uh, so, I have moved into I mean, uh,
0: you are ahead of the times, right? I viewed you back then that foreign trade is not <laughs> That <laughs> we, we
1: will have to get Atmanirbhar and all.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. So, then coming to your question regarding uh, what uh, does Atmanirbhar mean and if yeah. any country is Atmanirbhar. So, uh, I thought over it and uh, I think… Uh, As per me, Atmanirbhar can be of two types. One could be that uh, when I am Atmanirbhar, uh, it means that I have sufficient money to meet all my needs and uh, desires. So that could be one way of looking at it. So uh, from a point of view of a country, uh, it could mean that uh, a country has sufficient resources to meet all its expenses and uh, it does not have to depend on debt uh, for meeting its expenses. So that country is in a way Atmanirbhar. Uh, but then uh, I try to find if any country has a debt to GDP ratio of zero or a negative debt to GDP yeah, ratio. But right. uh, that is there is no country which doesn't have uh, debt. So basically, no country in this terms is atmanirbhar. Yeah. And then the uh, so second every, aspect. So of,
0: basically, every country is uh, having some sort is having some sort of trade deficit with some other country. So every country is uh, importing some items more than it's exporting those items but then there there may be cases where it's exporting some other items uh, more mm. than importing them is, uh,
1: is that- not exactly so no 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 so uh, okay. here what i meant is that uh, as a country we have enough resources to buy whatever we want to okay okay, uh, okay. be it from uh, the domestic market or from the uh, outside world okay. so okay. i would i am not taking debt to meet my needs so if i am uh, taking debt Right. So, that is not related to trade. Atmanirbhar means the non-trade aspect of Atmanirbhar. Okay. But if we look at the trade aspect, which is uh, in the media uh, right now, yes. so there as well, uh, if we have to see uh, whether any country is Atmanirbhar or not, uh, then some country, if they are not importing anything from any other country, then that country would be Atmanirbhar. But then there right. is no such country. So, uh, no okay. country can is Atmanirbhar and I think shouldn't also aspire to become uh, Atmanirbhar. Okay. Uh, for that matter okay. Okay. so uh, we saw two examples uh, of how we can define let's say atmanirbhar okay. so uh, i again thought over it whether uh, as an individual can someone become atmanirbhar then the clear answer is no uh, because Absolutely. anything that you can think of uh, let's say the specs that we i am wearing or the media which we are using yes. uh, or as basic as uh, a pencil the article that you once shared with me yes, i yes. pencil Uh, So it very beautifully uh, explains that how one single person cannot even make anything as simple as a pencil. So an individual cannot be Atmanirbharian on on its own. And looking at the other extreme, uh, let's say the globe or the world as a unit. Is the world as a unit Atmanirbhar? Then I think again we have a huge trade deficit with the sun. Because the sun gives us a lot of solar energy but we don't give back anything to the sun. So Fantastic. the world also is not atmanirbhar. So if a individual human being cannot be atmanirbhar, the world as a whole is not atmanirbhar. Then anything in between cannot also be atmanirbhar. So uh, that Fantastic. is how I thought over it. So uh, basically, uh, then coming back to that i pencil uh, essay which I yes. just uh, yes. talked about. Yes. So there, uh, this author. Uh, mr reed whatever his yeah, first name yeah. is so, uh, he he says that uh, no person in the world can make anything as simple as a pencil and then he goes on to describe how uh, the wood has come from certain plants and yes. certain trees rather and there would be a lot of people who would involved who would be involved in cutting those trees then transportation of that tree from that particular place to the factory uh, similarly the lead which would go on to the going to the pencil yes. may have been imported from various countries then uh, in the factory where pencils are being created there there would be a lot of machines so basically a lot of people have to combine their individual uh, resources their individual skill sets in order to make something uh, happen or something fall in place uh, so it is like the combined uh, efforts that results into uh, something uh, meaningful something useful so uh, Atmanirbhar is not A destination as such. I mean, Mm. uh, it shouldn't be uh, a goal. But maybe we can think of uh, certain things like we want to be Atmanirbhar in aspect A, in aspect B, uh, within X period of time, uh, and these are the milestones. So if we have something like that, then the uh, vision of becoming Atmanirbhar may become uh, a goal as such, uh, Mm. which you can measure and then uh, benchmark against. But then, unless unless we have some specified goals, uh, Mm. it is like a blank statement uh, that we will become true,
0: true true so i'll just play devil's advocate for a couple of questions here uh yeah gandhi had this vision of india okay uh, back in the 30s and 40s of a large network of interconnected villages uh, wherein every village was itself self-reliant so every village will have a uh, have a growing uh, fully functional economy of its own and uh, And that will be India. India will not be this uh, hegemonic, uh, top-down country that we are today. Uh, This monolithic uh, country that we are today. Rather, India would be a collection of interconnected, small, uh, village country. And and again, I mean that was very. His vision was problematic as well. He was against technology. He was against, uh, especially foreign technology. He was uh, very against it, and which uh, we later realized that uh, this is not the right path to go. But but he, I, I thought that uh, that still makes sense that at a unit level, if we can become uh, as much uh, self-reliant as possible. And uh, secondly, related to this question uh, is another question that uh, before the world got so interconnected, I mean, thousand years ago, every country was perhaps self-reliant, right? When, when uh, the West had not discovered uh, the East, uh, maybe, you know, thousand, fifteen, two thousand years ago, three thousand years ago. There were civilizations mm-hmm. uh, across the world which were very uh, disconnected from each other. There may have been travelers all, always, uh, but uh, they were not so dependent on each other. There was always trade, mm-hmm. there was some trade, but there was not so much trade and so much dependence on each other. So, how yes. do you think we, we came uh-huh. about to this present and uh, how we became so dependent on each other uh, today? Uh,
1: I think this. Uh I would say the spirit of collaboration that uh, we human beings have in general. So, earlier we did not have the means to collaborate with each other. So, when you're talking about, let's say, 3000 or 2000 years ago, since we did not have, uh, let's say, the ships were not there so that people can travel from one place to another, uh, or there was no communication uh, media through which people can collaborate with each other, since the medium was not there, which that was the reason why we did not collaborate. So, whatever manner in which we could collaborate, so let's say, uh, India uh, transacting with, uh, let's say, Afghanistan or in Iran or Middle Eastern countries. We used to call them the crucial states. So uh, these exchanges always used to happen. I mean, it is not that uh, these boundaries have always existed. These nation, uh, the country-related boundaries uh, have always existed. So human beings uh, have been, uh, let's say, mobile uh, from one place to another, and uh, trade has been happening since human beings have come into existence. So even initially even earlier before that so some person must have specialized in making uh, tools which would be used by other people for for hunting Uh, some people may have specialized in uh, making food uh, for example so that was collaboration has always been the spirit of mankind i think Uh, so trade uh, like we know it uh, today may not have happened 3000 or 2000 years ago uh, but then this collaboration has always uh, happened and the form of trade that we see now is also a form of collaboration. I mean, two parties trade because they both individually feel that they will be better off uh, once that trade happens between them.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh,
1: that is uh, why I think uh, trade. It is not that trade has just uh, a re- trade is a recent phenomena or something. Mm-hmm. It has been there. Uh, uh, what was the other question? No. So this was uh, the question. That I mean, so
0: my question is that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question arose from a point where that uh, civilizations existed even before this level of uh, interconnectedness.
1: Of course. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why so do we say that means why means do we collaboration need it since we uh, right have. now?
0: Yes, exactly. We didn't have means of collaboration, and uh. now uh, glo- the global order seems to be such that we are again uh, closing in on e- on ourselves uh, across the world. All countries are, uh, you know. Uh, you call it the rise of the right wing uh, rise of con- conservatism uh, across the world and every country is becoming more protectionist be it the us be it uh, you know be it india obviously so we are again going back and i i feel that maybe this is a uh, tide of history that we are living through where uh, it it is okay maybe to be to uh, to aspire to be self reliant and it is okay to not do international trade i mean uh, what do you think what what is wrong in
1: What is wrong in? uh, So I would, uh, huh, becoming, uh, let's say, aspiring to be self-reliant and being protectionist. So I would differ uh, on that particular point. And uh, to the specific point that uh, the scenario that we have now, uh, that a lot of countries are uh, going into the protectionist mode. So uh, historically speaking, whenever there has been an economic. Decline, uh, uh, decline of economic activity, a recession kind of a scenario. Uh, countries, uh, the governments of various countries, have pressure from the domestic industry for protecting them. So the domestic industry would lobby with the government saying that we want some protection. So this is one thing the goods are being imported. So if there is some restriction on these imported goods, then we would be relatively better off and we would be able to revive uh, the industry and we would be able to better come out of the bad situation that we are in. So uh, not very bad, but I think somewhere in uh, 1820s uh, in the United States. So this is the period where uh, industrial revolution uh, is going on. Uh, mainly in Europe, and then this industrial revolution has also traveled to the borders of the United States. So at that time, uh, what happened in the U.S. was that the goods which were imported from Europe and mainly in the first industrial revolution was textiles uh, related. So whatever uh, textile was being imported into the U.S. from Europe was uh, relatively cheaper compared to what was being manufactured in the United States. And United States, at that point of time, you can broadly classify uh, into north northern states and the southern states. So the northern states uh, were uh, industrializing, uh, so industries were being set up. And the southern states, uh, somewhat agriculture-based, uh, they would be exporting uh, the raw materials to uh, Europe. So uh, what happened was this during the 1820s, 1820s. Uh, 1820s uh, that these northern states, which were industrializing, uh, they felt that uh, because these European goods are coming into uh, our country, which are relatively uh, lesser uh, costly, uh, which is why we are not able to uh, compete, compete with, with them. them. But then uh, it, the, the goods were less yeah. costly because they had a comparative advantage. I mean, the Europeans had a comparative advantage. Maybe they had uh, more technology, better technology, more better experience. Technology. Uh, their people uh, were good at making clothes, uh, which the US people were not. So the northern states uh, lobbied with the government saying that uh, there should be certain restrictions so that our industry grows uh, and uh, there is employment uh, that we get uh, and then the GDP would increase etc. etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the southern states were against this, who were uh, the exporters of raw materials. Uh, they said that we would not be able to export enough if we have uh, import barriers, then they would also uh, raise the export barriers uh, for us.
0: Sure.
1: But then the uh, government went ahead. and. Uh, increased the uh, barriers they came up uh, with uh, a tariff of abominations act something like that okay. uh, and okay. the tariff barriers were uh, raised to as high as 40% uh, but okay. then as expected as expected the other trading partners uh, which is europe uh, mainly so they also raised their uh, import barriers so whatever was being exported from the us to uh, europe that also uh, got restricted so although initially it was expected that the importing industry uh, would benefit but then there was a loss for the exporting community and this loss of, of the exporting community was proportionately higher than what uh, benefit happened to the importing community separately what also happened was that people who uh, could buy let's say a shirt for five dollars these are just, uh, just numbers uh, so they, they had to buy that shirt uh, for seven dollars or let's Say five, uh, $6 compared to Sorry. which they could buy at $5. So mm-hmm. there was uh, a growing, uh, let's say, consensus that we should bring down tariffs because overall, a uh, net-net, uh, if we see, uh, then there is a loss to uh, the economy that has happened. Now, uh, 100 years after that, 1929, the Great Depression, history, as we say, history repeats itself. So history repeated itself. Uh, so since there was a depression, again there was a pressure from the various industries, initially from the agricultural community, saying that uh, in order to save the agriculture industry of the United States, uh, there should be uh, trade barriers for agriculture related products. But mm. now since uh, the agriculture industry was going to get some benefits, the other industries also pitched in and everyone said that uh, we also want uh, to have uh, some protection because this is like 1929 Great Depression. Yes. Uh, we have to come out of this uh, major uh, problem and this is the way ahead. So the uh, government went ahead and uh, came up with a smooth Holly Act or something. Uh, and again, the trade barriers, uh, rather the import tariffs were raised to somewhere around 20-25% for various other goods on an average, let's say 20%. Mm. But then, what had happened earlier, happened again. Happened again. So, European countries, Canada, uh, the other country, other trading partners of the US, raised their uh, import duties for the products which were being exported from uh, the US. So, uh, one example which I read was that uh, export of eggs from US to Canada fall by a whopping 90, more than 99 percentage. So, wow. whatever eggs were, were being exported, because Canada also raised import barriers for eggs which came from the US. So at that time, since there was no, uh, interna- no mechanism for international cooperation, uh, countries used to have like bilateral negotiations and uh, mm. retaliations also were bilateral. Mm. So uh, Canada mm. may be having a, a trade barrier or let's say import mm. duty, certain import duty for US, certain for UK and something else for uh, let's say uh, Brazil. Mm. So uh, generally, as I said earlier that Whenever the econ, economic, economic activity sees a downfall, at that time these demands for uh, protectionism protectionism increase sometimes. Uh, and, and then there is pressure on the government to uh, increase the trade barriers, uh, which uh, as I, saw, I told you about these two episodes. But then overall, people got to know that free trade uh, is net beneficial to everyone who is involved in that trade. Which right. is why uh, it was felt a uh, need uh, was felt for having certain agreement in place, uh, right. uh, which can uh, which would ensure that such uh, pressures, such lobbying pressures from the industries, can be what ward, warded off, kind of. Right. So,
0: uh, uh, so that uh, hmm. uh, yeah, so that segues into my next question. So uh, I mean, I will just uh, say thanks for putting it such such brilliant historical context. You know, as uh, Mark Twain once said, that history doesn't uh, repeat itself with rhymes. Uh, so we're seeing, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yes, seeing yes, rhyming rhymes, of yes. uh, we're rhyming, We're seeing rhyming of history every every time there is an economic downturn, we're seeing people become more protectionist, and uh, uh, I mean that is so predictable, and yet we keep doing it. Uh, yes, I, I don't know. So, so that is why. That is why.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, you continue.
0: Yeah, so, so, so I'll just move on to my next question, which we are all, you are almost arriving at, which is uh, so uh, why, so there is an international body called the WTO, uh, World it's Trade Spanish. Organization, right, which sort of, from what I read, it uh, manages trade between countries. Uh, it's like, it comes under the UN, I think. Uh, I, I mean, so what is the WTO and why is it needed?
1: Uh, So WTO, as you said, is the World Trade Organization. And uh, I would say that it is uh, one of the younger uh, international bodies. So you have the IMF and the World Bank, etc., which were established just after the World War II. And the the WTO was established in 1995. So it is just like 25 years old. So it is relatively young. But then uh, there was a predecessor to WTO, which is the GATT, uh, the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trades. Okay. So, uh, this this was formed in 1947 and it was also a result of, you can say, of the uh, Britain Goods Conference uh, out of right. which we had the right. IMF and World Bank. Right.
0: Uh, right. So,
1: uh, General Agreement on Tariff and Trade. So, the point which I was making earlier that… Uh, the developed countries who had seen that because of domestic pressures, they have to give in to the demands of the industry and then raise uh, import barriers. But then uh, the other countries retaliate and overall uh, the welfare of the country uh, goes down. So then uh, they thought that we should have some uh, international commitment so that whenever there are domestic pressures, we can say that since we have already committed certain things, so we cannot go beyond a certain level uh, because we have to meet that international obligation. So they created an agreement uh, as the name suggests that general agreement on tariffs and, tariff and trade. so although these these problems were there earlier and had been identified especially during the great depression so there were trade wars uh, just after the great depression so all the countries raised their tariff barriers and everyone later realized that that was a not that was not the best thing to do uh, overall uh, globally and as well as domestically for each country. So then there was a consensus, consensus that something should be done about it. But then World War happened, and then after the World War, uh, on a lot of platforms, uh, countries collaborated together. So trade was obviously one of the platforms because it is a, a major component for uh, any country. This important export is really important for all countries. So uh, initially there were just uh, twenty-three uh, countries, mostly the developed nations, Europe, U.S., etc., who were a part of GATT. And uh, their initial, uh, let's say the aim was that uh, global trade should be, the friction should be as less as possible. That it should be predictable. It should not happen that today the tariff is 10 and then tomorrow it goes up. Uh, so people right. are not able to predict what is going to happen. Right. So predictability and uh, easier trade flows uh, was the general uh, purpose for creating this gap. So, right from 1947 to uh, right up to just before when WTO was created to 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost like 50 years, the average uh, import duty has reduced from a high of 22% to 5% by 1994, so, which is a huge achievement. I mean, uh, at a global level, some countries have collaborated together and they are working for the benefit of each other although the intent is that they are also getting benefited but then they have collaborated and brought down that uh, import barrier import restrictions or other import duty from 22 to 5 percent for most of the trade items Uh, uh, until in 1994-95 this agreement was only for trade of goods But then Mm -hmm. services had also come up so trade in services also became a major uh, component of the international trade. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then investment uh, from one country to another country also became important. Intellectual property also uh, became important. So someone someone, uh, someone has patented something somewhere then uh, that should not be misused in some other country. So this uh, agreement had to be made for various other things uh, which is why uh, they moved from only a trade in goods related agreement to a more broader agreement uh, which had more number of members uh, and uh, there were commitments uh, made mm-hmm. by various countries to join the membership true, of WTO. True, so, true. Uh, initially, uh, the countries, the member countries of WTO was were broadly classified into four groups, uh, developing countries, uh, rather the developed countries, developing countries, there were some transition economies and then least developed countries. So, whatever commitment was being asked of from the members, the developed countries had to meet it, uh, let's say, in one year. The developing countries were given four years, transition economies were given five years, the developed countries were given, I think, eight or ten years. Because they would have, they would want some time so that their industry uh, grows and comes at on a par mm. with uh, mm. the other global players. Like they mm. can compete at an international level. So India fell in the group of transition economies because we were transitioning from the a centralized planning kind of economy to a more uh, market-based uh, market-oriented economy right, right, right. Uh, so uh, for certain things uh, we we had five years until which uh, we were expected to put our things in order let's say mm-hmm, give incentives mm-hmm. or whatever we want to to our industries and uh, make them globally competitive for certain other kinds of agreements i think uh, information technology uh, related agreements uh, 10, 10 years were given to uh, the transition economies, etc. So for right. each kind of uh, agreement, uh, certain based on the level of development, which at which various countries were, they were given uh, certain timelines to uh, reach a mark where they can open their uh, borders and make give market access to uh, the countries. So mm-hmm. that was the um, background, uh, let's say, of WTO. And now as well, WTO uh, has uh, these uh, conferences, I think last month, last major conference happened in uh, Brazil where we have participated. Hmm. Uh, So coming back to… Yeah, yeah, so it's it's
0: fantastic that there is a body like this just just for this. Uh, I mean, uh, the fact that you can come up with something and then make it effective because you know getting so many different countries with uh, on board together uh, for a common cause uh, for for the betterment of themselves i mean making uh, people countries believe that uh, if you participate in these agreements it is better for you uh, yourself mm-hmm. uh, in the long term i mean and, and that is the promise yes. of capitalism also that uh, all of us can get richer together get wealthier together uh, It is not like that. If I get wealthy, then you will get poor. Uh, Or or it is it is Uh, not a zero uh, sum game. It's a uh, it's a many uh, you know uh, win win situation for all
1: of one plus one makes eleven kind of yeah win 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 -win for all yeah. Uh, But then coming back to that point uh, regarding uh, all countries coming together uh, for each other's benefits etc. W uh, regarding the. let's say the achievement of WTO or uh, effectiveness of WTO, there are a lot of questions raised uh, regarding the effectiveness of WTO, uh, which is why uh, a lot of countries uh, have regional agreements uh, as well. So you would have a free trade agreement with some country. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Uh, NATO is there uh, and then India has a free trade agreement with let's say Vietnam or uh, 10 other countries. So regional agreements have also come in place mainly because the WTO, uh, consensus doesn't uh, happen really quickly because WTO is more of a consensus based uh, organization so when you true, have like true. 200 members reaching at a consensus is difficult for anyone absolutely, I mean, absolutely. even if 200 people were absolute good friends <laughs> even for them to reach uh, a common uh, ground consensus about difficult. anything so, yes 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 so WTO has its own uh, i mean fair share of issues uh, rather uh, but then overall uh, we are doing a good job Yes,
0: absolutely. So I just wanted to bring in WTO to highlight this point to to anyone listening and uh, watching us that uh, this is not uh, something uh, new or this is not something uh, that people have not uh, thought before. I mean, these protectionist ideas were there and then we saw the problems that came with them, these ideas and that's why we started uh, being building such organizations that will help uh, uh, help countries trade with each other in a more fair manner. Uh, you know, so uh, that is a. Uh,
1: so that is that yes, the. One, that is, I want to
0: talk about the
1: WTO. Yes, please. One one more point about uh, WTO. Actually, I was just uh, reading up uh, regarding this. So, mm-hmm. this protectionism uh, from the Indian side is not now, like, it is not just happening in 2019. It started somewhere in 2017, 2018. 2020.
0: Budget announcement was GT, we are in the year of the coronavirus. This is 2020. <laughs> If you are in twenty nineteen, if, if this is across across time zones, then, then awesome. Zoom Zoom is a
1: time uh, machine. No no no. <laughs> no no. What I'm saying is that this protectionism uh, stance of uh, the government in general, this has started from two thousand seventeen. Right, right. And then during a the budget speech, uh, the late Mr. Arun Jaitley, uh, he announced that uh, uh, we would be. And for the last two decades we have been reducing import duties but now uh, we would reverse that trend and we would be yes. focusing more on yes. protecting our domestic industry etc so true, true. this has happened for the last two this is happening for last two three years and right. then i was just going through a list on the wto website where they have listed uh, cases against member nations so mm. whenever one country feels that some other country is uh, violating the agreements of wto Uh, they generally ask for a dispute resolution mechanism and then a committee set etc so india has a total 32 cases against them out of which almost 9 10 are in the last uh, two years 2019 2020 Ah, Uh, so so we uh, we have started moving into that direction the world has of course taken notice A lot of, uh, at least two or three cases are uh, from the United States. One is from Brazil, uh, Guatemala, like small countries, uh, Australia. So a lot of countries are already uh, questioning our policies in the global front. And a few of these cases have also reached a conclusion uh, where uh, it was found that India has actually uh, violated the agreements. And then uh, still India went ahead and uh, questioned these in the ability to appellate body of the WTO and some of the uh, cases have been cleared by the appellate body as well saying that uh, this is wrong. uh, You shouldn't be doing Uh, this. Things you can do with a 56 inch
0: chest. Uh, Domestically,
1: we are are saying and doing things but then uh, on the international forum uh, it is being noticed, it is being questioned and there will be pressure to reverse this. Uh, We would not be able to uh, reach a long way in this particular yeah, i manner.
0: don't i don't think i think we have a 56 inch chest and uh, we can do anything that we want in the world with it so <laughs> no, no, it's not it's not like that <laughs> i know i know i just and joking. actually
1: uh, yes uh, we have not uh, made any case against china i mean we although we keep saying that uh, china is yes, doing like yes, yes, yes mainly yes. also because china became a member of the wto only recently uh, okay. but then uh, even after china became a member we have not right. put up any case against china in the WTO. there was one case related to bangladesh in which china was also involved but mm-hmm. then domestically we may be no saying direct, that china is doing X no and y direct y. cases yeah no direct cases uh, have been made by us right. against china but opposite it is true i mean china so china has, has made cases uh, against us Against us, wow. not China but Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan and some uh, places okay. have made cases against okay. us. So okay. the domestic picture and the international picture uh, don't go together. I mean, they both are not in sync. So two, two, two learnings from this
0: uh, that I see. One is that this trend is not uh, a COVID trend. This is not because of the coronavirus. This has been going on for a couple of years. And uh, secondly, yes. that uh, we are not. Uh, You know, utilizing the WTO the way we should be utilizing or uh, that story that we're telling to our domestic uh, audience is very different from the story that we're telling uh, uh, internationally, which is very problematic in itself. And uh, okay, moving on. So since you brought up China, uh, I think the recent wave of self-reliance and Atmanirvar Bharat that is coming up is because of uh, China and, uh, you know, there are border tensions uh, with China uh, uh, and India. Uh, there are there is the virus, of course, that ev- everyone accuses China of uh, bringing into the world, and uh, so uh, our we have what what I want to admit right now is that I feel we have a trade deficit with China, but I'm okay with it. So the things that China makes for us, I don't think we can make it ourselves. Okay, that I may be biased. I may I don't know. I mean, the kind of manufacturing powerhouse that China has become. Uh, over the last 20-30 years, uh, is 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 amazing. It should be applauded, and it should be. Uh, I don't think that we need to, uh, you know, compete China on its forte. I mean, this is one thing that China has solved for the world. It is it is the factory of the world.
1: Uh,
0: we should focus. What this is my opinion. We should focus on what we are good at, and solve that for the world. You know, become that. Uh, you know. Uh, that place uh, in the world that only India can do this. And suddenly something happens to India. Then the whole global economy will destabilize because of this. Uh, rather than uh, going out and banning Chinese products. I think if they are doing it for cheap. Bring, let, let it come in. Okay, we buy this stuff for cheap. And we make something else, something better within, uh, within our country. That no other country can make perhaps. I mean, uh, so what is, uh, I think trade deficits is not a problem. I once heard somewhere someone say that uh, there's a house help that comes to my house, uh, you know, to uh, do the uh, do the dishes or uh, you know, yes, wash yes, my clothes, yes, yes. and uh, I have a trade deficit with that house help because I pay pay a salary to her, and uh, I don't think I can ever uh, reverse that trade deficit with her, and that's not a problem to me. I mean, that's a good thing because she, she I'm grateful to her because she does this for me. I'm able to focus on something else. Uh, right. right i don't think there's anything wrong in having a trade deficit with a particular country as long as uh, you know you're, you're focusing on yourself. i mean what is what do you think
1: so uh, on this point i agree with you the example that you gave that a maid comes to let's say do your dishes right. so she is giving her services and you are giving some uh, rupees to her right so net net you have a trade deficit with her because you are importing her service uh and I would say that you can look at it from a different perspective. You can also yes. say that uh, I am able to afford this particular thing uh, because I am at a certain stage and yes. uh, I am able to get my things done from someone else and I can pay for yes. it. So let's say when uh, when we uh, look at India as a whole, since we are a net importers of uh, goods and services, we have a trade deficit.
0: Overall trade deficit.
1: That, yes, that, that, all, that can also be seen as that uh, we have enough resources to make the world work for ourselves. It is like the world True. is our maid. True. <laughs> I mean, it is just a way of looking at things. Right. Nothing is right. good or bad. Right. Even if, right. if we would have had, uh, I mean, more exports compared to our imports, there yes. would be certain aspects which would be good about it. Uh, and it is a result of, uh, not gov- I mean not specifically government policies, but it is a result of individual decisions that uh, various people are taking in our country and in other countries. So uh, we have a trade deficit with China mainly because uh, we in India or rather the people in India, the companies in India feel that they would be better off if they import XYZ from China compared to if they buy it from India. So, it is their personal decision, it is an economical decision uh, in which we are trying to uh, add some emotional aspect and trying to divert that particular thing uh, and say that uh, we should rather uh, purchase only Indian products. So, of course, it is good to purchase Indian products but then if the same quality product is coming at the same price, only then I would go ahead and uh, purchase an Indian product. But if the price differential is such that, I am not getting enough value for money and also not feeling happy enough for spending an extra amount on it, then I would not do that. So the answer doesn't lie in raising the import barriers for goods which are coming from China. It will hurt us like it has hurt many countries in the past. It has also hurt India before liberalization. So right from 1970s, 1980s, that was a time when we used to restrict uh, a lot of imports into India and there was a license charge kind of thing. Uh, so uh, if we look at that period compared to what we have now, we are far better off in terms of uh, the uh, facilities that we have. So let's say that's I've true. heard about it that uh, even for getting something as basic as a telephone or a scooter, yes. you have to wait for 2-3 years. So BSNL, BSNL had
0: a 5-year waiting time.
1: BSNL had a five so year No, what?
0: not BSNL, the government uh, telecom company, which was there for landline. Poor. Whoever was but the who company, so years, that is yes.
1: hmm. the broad point is that uh, yes. if we close ourselves to the world, we would only be able to do whatever we internally can. So, if someone can do it in a better manner, we would not be able to reap any benefits out of that. So, True. Uh, True. coming back so, to that point, that trade, yeah. trade deficit is not bad. Yeah.
0: Right. So, th- there are many uh, small countries which I see. Uh, you know countries like uh, Maldives or Singapore or Dubai, you know UAE, uh, which are not uh, resource-rich uh, as we are, but because they've made tourism their uh, their thing, uh, that mm. they're they don't so they'll have a trade deficit with a lot of countries where they'll be importing a lot of stuff from outside, but they'll not have an overall fiscal deficit. They will still they, they will not have a current account deficit. Maybe uh, basically they are very rich countries, uh, even though they have trade deficits.
1: if does that make huh. does not make sense? So yeah, so net per per they are rich capita. countries, they have per capita income is high and yes, but still yes. Uh, they have some trade deficit. They are net importers. Yes, yes uh, of course I agree, agree with that. So as I said earlier, that trade deficit in itself is not a problem at all. So overall, and as you've said that we should focus on what we are good at. So these countries uh, have over a period of time and not only because of government interventions, but also because the government let their people, let their companies uh, do whatever they wanted to in a free manner, uh, maybe because the environment was such the, let's say the tax system or the labor laws uh, were such that companies did not feel uh, that these were restrictions and they did whatever they felt was uh, best to do, Uh, they went into the international markets and uh, tried to compete with other uh, players for example. Mm -hmm. So of course the role of government is important uh, but then what matters is at the end of the day what are the individual people and companies uh, doing regarding this particular thing. So unless government comes up with some, uh, creating some environment uh, which incentivizes people to create goods or let's say one example that you gave uh, that singapore etc has is of mm. tourism so india doesn't have any dearth of places where uh, we can invite tourists yes. absolutely so, uh, china chinese uh, tourists are one of the main i mean china is one of the biggest outward market for tourism i mean chinese people go across the world uh, yes. and travel yes. Yes. but yes. Yes. very few come to india Whereas yes. we are so close to them, uh, we are not able to, I mean, this could be one way of increasing our trade, reducing our trade deficit with China, I mean, we can import export service to them, Chinese people coming right. to India, right. we can export tourism so that could to be one them, way of yes. it. we can export yes. tourism to them. Yes. Yes. So yes, that could be one way of looking at it. But then uh, it is not always that government would not not be able to think this. Uh, if we do that, that the government should uh, uh, decide which sectors uh, to work on, etc that uh, that we go back to the planning era
0: no it no is, no we the don't want to go that uh,
1: the, the focus the focus rather should be that uh, we have to liberalize the uh, labor laws from whatever i have read there was one uh, committee high level committee uh, for making some recommendations related to import and export to the government it submitted its report in uh, late 2019 and uh, the recommendations are of this particular nature that uh, the labor laws uh, should be uh, uh, loosened up a little and then the cost of uh, funds for various companies should reduce so now cost of funds is uh, higher for the companies mainly because government is also in the same market Uh, government is also uh, borrowing money so whatever uh, extra uh, surplus capital people have most of it is going to the government so which is why the other industry players will get it at a higher cost so uh, government should maybe move outside the country for for raising capital etc which would uh, in result Reduce the cost of capital for domestic uh, economies. So, so those are a few uh, recommendations. By right, which this right, has uh, I, think right. I have diverted into some other direction. <laughs> no, no,
0: other it's, 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 it. no, 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 no. Uh, you completely properly answered the question. Even I forgot what was the question. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. Hmm. <laughs> uh, right. So no. So uh, brilliantly put. And I'll just uh, move on a bit, and uh, I'll ask you a couple of questions. Uh, Diwali is coming okay diwali and dashera is coming and every year we have this un cry of you know the small idols that you buy or the decorative items that you buy uh, they should not be from china you should buy indian you know be indian buy indian i think this year it is going to be a lot more uh, heightened up uh, because of the whole nationalistic agenda uh, that we are living through you think the demand the festival demand that we ha- that we are going to have right now does India have the manufacturing capacity of meeting that demand? Can we actually manufacture all of it ourselves in-house? Or I think as we are going to import a lot of stuff from China anyways. I don't think we have that kind of capacity. I mean, what do you think?
1: Mm, I think see uh, to the question whether we can do, do that. If we forget about everything else and just focus on doing this, of course we would be able to do this. But then no, that is not the you can point. Do, do everything,
0: uh, yeah. That is not a point. Right. Uh, yes.
1: Uh, so would it be? I mean, uh, would it be good prudent to do this? Would it be prudent, prudent to, to do this? it, do it right now. Uh, yes. And also, uh, let's say even if we uh, do whatever it takes, uh, I mean, give incentives etc. to uh, a lot of companies, a lot of people. Will we be able to do this? First of all, the uh, the example that you gave that Diwali example, it is very close, it is like just two months from yeah, now true, true. Uh, So, And for these things uh, to uh, happen, you need, uh, let's say, a, a setup where you have a network of uh, various companies. So let's say uh, in Diwali, you have this uh, lighting which, you, which we put outside our houses. So you have a metallic wire, then you will have a plastic wire over it, uh, you will have some LED bulbs, you may have a battery, you may have a chip in that uh, button kind of thing that we have uh, because we want, to, we want to ensure that it keeps changing modes. Those etc.
0: lights are called Chinese lights by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so these Chinese lights when we uh, put outside our uh, houses. So there are a lot of components which go into simple lights, things like that. these Chinese yeah. lights. So uh, when you have to manufacture something like this, you would have to have a lot of different kinds of companies which are close together uh, with each other, which are connected with each other uh, uh, and they are working in a manner so that the net output which comes out of it is this particular light and at the cost at which uh, China is making them. So for that thing to happen, China would have invested for multiple decades to reach that particular point. Uh, We will have to invest uh, a lot of time and a lot of resources into uh, our industry for reaching such a point. uh, Not that uh, we don't have uh, international competitiveness or these kind of clusters etc are not there in India. We of course have uh, let's say the uh, two wheeler manufacturing, uh, automobile manufacturing, car manufacturing and uh, textile manufacturing for that matter and also a lot of other uh, products. So we have these cluster kind of. Uh, mechanisms where a lot of small SMEs uh, are in a geographically uh, close area and they are collaborating with each other in order to ensure that they come out with something which is let's say uh, which can be exported so the automobile industry of india is the biggest automobile industry in the world so our three three companies which we have uh, hero Honda and and these are uh, uh, yes so two-wheeler exports india is number one in two-wheeler exports we export uh, to africa we export to latin america Uh, european country uh, bajaj has acquired one european country ktm uh, for example, and then apart from the auto, uh, these two-wheeler segment, we also export a lot of cars. So the global car makers set up shop in India. It Chennai is one example where they manufacture uh, cars and then export cars from there. So that is because uh, we are we have been able to uh, find that right uh, kind of ingredients uh, so that these the, uh, requirements of the various companies are met, and then they choose that it would be economical to. Uh, produce some products in India and then export those products from there. So something of that sort has also happened to our pharmaceutical sector. So it is like a matter of research that why we have been good in certain areas, why we have been lacking in certain other areas and then what can be done now to uh, bridge that gap. Uh, Also coming back to uh, the point of uh, the networks etc. There is something called as a global value chain. So uh, recently when we were discussing in uh, one of our WhatsApp groups, uh, I had mentioned that Uh, Even in China, the value addition is not that it is 100% China is making something. Uh, There would be uh, minerals coming from let's say Australia and then there would be companies uh, which would be uh, working on these uh, basic raw material to make some small components for a mobile phone. For glass, some materials would be coming from certain other country. Design is uh, being made, let's say uh, Apple is creating the design uh, for an iPhone or some other country is creating a design for some product. Uh, let's say a tesla is creating a design for the new engine uh, so design is coming from us raw materials are coming from uh, raw material rich countries and then china has a manufacturing capability so all countries are doing some value addition and uh, the result is coming out of i mean because they are man- because china is manufacturing uh, these products the product is coming out of china it is not that 100% of that product has been made in china which is why we also have a concept concept of trade in value added so Tiva is the uh, word, okay. so trade in value added is, is a measure in which uh, we should measure whether uh, which country has a deficit or a uh, excess of trade with some other country. So this is a very crude measure where we say that we import uh, 10 billion from US and export uh, 10 billion to US so we are net net uh, on the same page. But then uh, when we look at, uh, at a relatively granular level that what was the value added component in something what we have exported. So let's say I am exporting a car but then for exporting that car I may have imported uh, goods worth 40% of the value of the car so my value addition is only 60%. 60%. So One example that I could think of was let's say a Louis Vuitton uh, is like a major uh, fashion uh, conglomerate so they make let's say leather bags and one leather bag would cost somewhere around 3 lakhs, 4 lakhs, 5 lakhs in India. Now they would be importing leather from Kanpur which would be at let's say 500 per kg and the design would be created by someone who is sitting in France and manufacturing may happen let's say let us assume that manufacturing is happening in India so it is a product which is made in India because we took the raw material uh, Hmm. from India we manufactured that good in India and now Hmm. that uh, product is being sold for 5 lakhs
0: so now out of
1: that 5 lakhs The value would go to the parent company Louis Vuitton. What would come to India? The value addition would be in some thousands, or let let us assume that it is one lakh because we have a store and the company is paying for the store as well. But majority component would be going to the parent company. Ten percent maximum, five to ten percent of the value. Whatever that percentage is. So whatever that percentage is, it would be far lesser than uh, what the value of that end product is. So we may feel that uh, this has been manufactured in india but has value come to uh, indian people so value has not come to indian people it will have, so in value... have a made yes, in course india course tag it will tag have a made in india tag and we feel
0: tag. very proud about it or rather if i am if i am buying a 5 lakh bag then i will not feel very proud, very happy about it that this is made in india i will want something which is made in italy or
1: france yeah you, <laughs> you you would want yes yes uh, you would want that it should have a label that it is made in france and uh, you yes. would feel worse if it if made in yes. china is written on it oh absolutely yes uh, uh, but the point is that what value addition is happening is more important than what you are importing what you are exporting etc so uh, coming back to that point the committee uh, recommendations etc so one of the recommendations was that uh, we should use big data and a lot of data which is available in the international domain to analyze and to understand uh, what we are good at where we have uh, more ability to create some value and then we should invest our uh, resources and energies in that particular direction so that uh, overall uh, we are better off uh, rather than just uh, running behind something that it should be made in India this particular example and there can be multiple examples of this sort that let's say again we become a manufacturing hub let's assume we become a manufacturing hub we are importing uh, goods worth 80 rupees and then exporting goods worth 90 rupees we are adding that 10 rupees. But then if 80 rupees is being imported from China and value addition is being done there, then they are uh, the winners at the end of the day. So, what value addition is happening in India is more important than uh, what import, what export, etc. is happening. Right, right, right. So Again, I, I moved in a tangent, I think.
0: No, no, no. Uh, it's wonderful tangent. So, uh, this just bring, brings me to the last question. Uh, you spoke about uh, the automobile industry. So, I read about this uh, also that We are uh, an exporter of uh, two-wheeler automobiles. Uh, We are an exporter of, uh, yeah, in the pharmacy industry, is that. And also, we are very good uh, uh, exporters of cotton. Uh, Our farmers are, uh, you know, but uh, so uh, I think in the, so my answer is that uh, in the industries that we're doing well, it is not because of the government, it is despite the government. So maybe the government has, uh, you know, missed some way of regulating or uh, protecting that industry that is why that industry has uh, you know flourished and uh, uh, in Bangalore uh, the Silicon Valley of India uh, the startup industry has flourished uh, brilliantly over the last 15 uh, 15 years 10 to 15 years it has done really well and uh, I think again that is an industry where that has flourished because uh, the government did not try to protect something or government did not uh, you know meddle with that industry but now uh, okay you can say that szs are there and the government has enabled it uh, so it's a balanced point i guess but mm-hmm. uh, but now the government is going to uh, is starting to ban chinese apps uh, the government is uh, starting to uh, meddle in that uh, technology industry uh, which is one industry where i think we can do really well uh, and which we can, you know, uh, really make it uh, uh, with our innovation and, uh, uh, you know, our power of uh, imagination, India can become a hub of, uh, a hub of innovative technology in the world. Uh, and our startups have shown that. Uh, but uh, now the government banning Chinese apps. How long before government starts to say that no startups will have Chinese funding? Because almost every startup. So uh, every second startup in India will have some Chinese funding, some company, uh, Tencent, uh, or you know some some big company, uh, you know, investing in Indian startups. Uh, and once the government starts to pinch there, uh, and that startup money dries out, then what are we going to do? This and a related question: What do you what do you think is uh, uh, is an area where we can truly become? Uh, net exporters and value adders uh, to the world and where we can do uh, really well and I mean uh, and that that will close out the conversation next
1: okay actually to the last question that which sector uh, we may be good at I can't imagine that where uh, we can be really good and uh, like the best in the world uh, because uh, these are I would say these are things which evolved organically uh, I was reading somewhere uh, that let's say 3-4 years prior to, let's say we are in 2015, would anyone have imagined that there would be a huge set of jobs which would come in the home delivery industry. So there would be delivery boys, uh, then this would be the need of the economy that you should know how to ride a bike and you should know how to keep various hundreds of products uh, along with you and then just deliver at that right place. So you cannot uh, imagine the future uh, that what kinds of jobs uh, are going to come and what exactly and of course
0: mean, what are we good hmm. at? So China said that they don't care about uh, uh, human rights and they will uh, they have a lot of population and they will use that population to manufacture a lot of stuff. So, and let's, hmm. In a crude way, that's what China said 30 years ago, and the, now we see where they are right. So, what what is our uh,
1: benefit, our advantage? So like? one, one topic that we discussed was uh, tourism. So, I think tourism is again uh, a people-centric industry, I mean you need a lot of uh, people in the tourism industry. So, that could be uh, one place uh, where we can have a, a huge uh, benefit over a lot of other countries because we have uh, really uh, historically important places as well in India. Which yes. may not have been kept uh, well, uh, maintenance etc. may not have happened. But then, if we invest in this particular direction, for tourism, which is also being done by the government to an extent. But then, uh, these are things where you have to consistently uh, keep uh, a focus on uh, in Absolutely. order to ensure that uh, we do well in that particular industry. And uh, what was your earlier question? Whether uh, the earlier
0: question was uh, what yeah. happened? That the, government the start- meddling
1: in the st- into some things into startups. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So, into the start- uh, yes. startup funding. To, to, to Yes, so to an extent, uh, this has al- already been done uh, because when uh, the government had said that uh, any FDI that comes from China will have to be will have to go through the government approval route, so uh, that has already happened. Uh, but then uh, the big players like ATM etc. who have a lot of Chinese funding, uh, they would have retaliated uh, against this particular measure, and then uh, it in a way uh, the intensity of this anti-Chinese uh, tech investment uh, has slowly come uh, down. And of course, there, since, as you said, that there are a lot of com- companies uh, which get invested, which get capital from Chinese companies. So if government does anything like that, then there would be retaliation from this industry uh, that this should not happen. And this is now how we should do it. And of course, and these are things that if you ban Chinese investment, Chinese investment can come as some other investment into your company. A Chinese yes. company can invest into a Singapore company and then Singapore yes. into Maldives and then Maldives yes. into X into Y. And then those funds can come in into your company. So this yes. investment thing, it will not stop funding. I mean, coming to your concern that what will happen oh. to our startup, nothing will happen to our startup. China will ensure that your startup gets money <laughs> if, they, if they are uh, able enough uh, to get those funds. Uh, Coming to that other question that we may technologically be uh, a superpower kind of uh, thing. uh, I have my doubts uh, because uh, in the software industry, we had a huge leap. I mean, uh, for almost two decades, more than two decades, uh, our software industry has been uh, customizing products for a lot of customers across the globe. Uh, But then if we see overall as a software industry, the uh, Kind of work that the Indian companies do that is not as you would know that it is not product based. Absolutely, and absolutely. Uh, it is more like the more number of people you put into it, the out, equivalent output output you will get. Yes. So uh, it is not like a Microsoft or an uh, or an Amazon Web Services kind of uh, an organization yes. or a Google or a Facebook. Yes. Yes. So uh, we have not had seen that kind of technological innovation at least in the software domain. Uh, Again, I think and also the uh, apps, etc
0: yes i mean I mean, huh, so that that, that may exactly be a lot because of the environment uh, uh, and the free free trade and free business ease of doing business that we the, you know that is another problem uh, that no, may I be because think, uh, of that no one, i don't know. i mean uh, but see, today no, what no i see is
1: so no one has restricted anyone from creating a Facebook or from creating a Google. Of course, you need a Silicon Valley kind of atmosphere mm-hmm. where you get, you get a huge investment. Yes. So that investment kind of opportunities are coming into India. Uh, in you Bando. need that freedom uh, so we to fail. May... I think the best part yes, of say, yes, about yes. Silicon
0: Valley is that they have that freedom to fail, fail fast, recover and hmm. move on. I mean, that whole iterative uh, development, uh, the, the agile see, agile see. methodology in software development that we use uh, is mm. practically used in business in Silicon Valley, and and it's okay if you fail. You you get a, get a lot of funding, and your startup fails. It's okay. You you can give up and join another startup, or you can start another startup, and it won't matter. Yes, but yes, in yes. but in India, if somebody drops out of college, uh, starts a business, and then that business fails, uh, you know, he's, he's done for life, boss. I mean, so that mm-hmm. is a major difference, I guess, and that that dif- that difference is. Uh, Reducing uh, over time. Uh, yes,
1: or, uh, yes, yes. So that gap, this kind of gap is slowly shrinking. Uh, so uh, let's say 10 years earlier, even dropping out of college would have been considered as a no-no. But now some people are fine with it. Uh, and Bangalore, of course, uh, is like acting as a hub and the Indian Silicon Valley. And a lot of investments are happening. A lot of startups are getting investment. We have, I think, the maximum number of unicorns out of, yes. apart from China, uh, in the recent years, may have been from India, from India. Uh, and in various uh, kinds of apps, so like yes. from a Zomato to a Paytm, yeah, full delivery, other Food delivery have.
0: to FinTech and Edutech. I mean, these areas are booming Ola, like anything, right? Edutech, right now. Edutech, yes. 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 Uh, I mean, yes. Byju's mm. and the Whitehat Junior uh, acquisition recently that happened. Uh, I mean, the, the yes, wonderful yes, numbers. From yes. uh,
1: so what mm-hmm. you can see. Yes. So of course, that is one uh, green shoot, uh, and of course, of course, we can have a. Uh, advantage, uh, relative advantage in this particular sector going forward, but then only uh, future will tell whether we are able to reap the benefits uh, of those advantages. to our advantage.
0: Absolutely. And and one one lesson that we can learn from Silicon Valley and from Bangalore's uh, tech scene, the startup scene is that nobody is self-reliant, nobody wishes to be self-reliant. it, good good ideas come with collaboration value is created through yes. collaboration that is the promise of capitalism i don't know why uh, i mean why our government wants to be आत्मनिर्भर <laughs> uh,
1: as i said in the beginning if we have certain targets that this is the area where we want to uh, become atmanirbhar and this is the timeline in which we have to uh, become self reliant and we have a plan for that. Uh, it may be a good thing to do, but then uh, generally, uh, like completely atmanirva is impossible, and it will hurt even if we try. It will hurt.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That was, that was a fantastic conversation, GT. Uh, uh, thank you. I think we can talk for hours and hours, and you know our topics yeah. will not end, and uh, our tangents will not end. Uh, so. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, we should wrap it up now. Uh, thank you, thank you for coming and uh, your valuable insights. And, uh, mm.
1: Thank uh, you we'll, uh, for inviting me, and oh, <laughs> uh, it also absolutely. made me think o- over a few things, uh, which also is like uh, good to uh, think about something which is not related to your work.
0: Oh ah, yes, absolutely. Uh, so thank you, thank you, and uh, we'll do this again uh, some other time, some other topic, uh, economics and finance. Whenever I'll get stuck somewhere, I'll come to you. <laughs> Okay, oh, uh, or anything? Although, abs- uh, 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 actually,
1: <laughs> we can discuss. I mean, no one is an expert. Yes,
0: yes. No, it's not about being an expert. It's about having a uh, fruitful conversation.
1: Uh, right. Right. On
0: that note, uh, uh, thank you, thank you, and uh, uh, goodbye, guys. Uh, hope you had fun uh, watching the conversation and listening to it. You're uh, listening to our podcast. So goodbye. Bye.